0: The Cat & Cloud
1: Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the brewers. They have a 24 hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis, their customer service is phenomenal and they just care they care about you they care about me and i care about them and that's why cat called podcast is brought to you by wilbur curtis on with the show i feel like it are we there do one more check are we there check, check are we there check. Check, shake, check shake 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 sonora shake your body line shake shake 145 What's up, you f***ing nerds? This is the Cat and Cloud Coffee
0: Podcast. <laughs> I'm just playing. We're all part of the same tribe. <laughs> hey,
1: I think we use the same joke twice, but I want to say it. Did we, all we ever the use time. that? I think we maybe did, but it's I don't amazing. Think, I don't even remember when we were together last. I don't remember physically. We haven't been together for a long time. <laughs> I feel so lonely at night, going to bed alone I feel by myself. So small in your arms. It's like that Green Day song. Hey, we're
0: back, everyone. Sorta. <laughs> And we We got got
1: somebody here special. We got a kick-ass guest today. Um, Today, someone we've actually talked about having on the podcast for a while and someone we've worked with in multiple capacities. So, cat out of the bag, we have Kevin Tudball with us. What's up, guys? Kevin is a graphic designer and illustrator who's worked in... I'm like trying really hard not to pigeonhole you because you do a lot of different things with art. All of which we'll talk about. Cat so, lover. Cat lover. <laughs> Breakdown um, cat lover. If you look at our website currently and see the merch that we have for sale. So there's the, the shirt. Jeez, my cat. Speaking of cats is losing his mind. Um, he loves my scent. The really awesome multicolored. It's listed as the cool cat shirt online. The frothing rainbows enamel pin. The clean canteen that's white with the blue with the full seed to cup Illustration, those are all things that Kevin made. People like that stuff, bro. Yeah, it turns out you're very good.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm pretty excited about your stuff.
1: People are feeling it like they really are next level. Um, So, you draw pictures, but (laughs) I want, like, what's a little bit of a history for you? And we'll talk about coffee, but I kind of want to know, like, how you got into illustration. Or art just as a whole, yeah, totally. Um,
2: well, I always drew and doodled and made art and whatever it was since like I was a little kid. But then I went to art school, and the the vision in my mind was I was just going to do album covers, sick. And my teachers were like, "That's not a job. That's not a thing. <laughs> you can't just do one type of design, like just one." one uh product so I, I was kind of bumped. but uh then i started to explore the world of like surf and skate and i started to see that more as my vision like the the big grand picture like album covers skate decks t-shirts all that stuff was like where i wanted to head so i just figured oh and at this time i was uh in the suburbs of detroit That's michigan I was ask where'd you go to school uh, I went to the University of Michigan okay. um, to their art school. It's like a separate separate college at the university. Um, and yeah, my long term plan was get to San Diego as fast as possible. Okay. And that was difficult. No one in Michigan or no one in California wanted people from Michigan. Really, like they're like, I'm not going to move you out. There's not that much money in surf. They're like, we're not going to like fly you out here and move all your stuff. So I had to like kind of weasel my way in the back door and started in tech okay so I did a year and a half in tech over in San Jose and uh, crazy was not into that and they they generally were like you want to be like a skateboard designer no like that's <laughs> that's not really what we need and that's like not gonna make you any money you should learn tech It just like wasn't wasn't my jam so I actually made it into the surf industry after that, and worked for O'Neill
1: for two years. Nice. And then you worked for O'Neill, but you weren't in Santa Cruz when you were working for O'Neill. No,
2: I was down in Orange County. Right. Um, and since I had already lived in San Jose, I was pretty familiar with Santa Cruz. But it was like a whole different world down there. Like, it's nothing like Santa Cruz and Orange County. Um, and the surf industry down there is like a little more... It's a little more corporate. It's like the surf industry version of the tech industry. It's like sprawling industrial complexes and all that stuff. So you're like, Oh, this isn't quite the like artist's dream that I envisioned, but it's cool. We're still making cool graphics. We're still doing a lot of cool stuff. But I like, you know, you're still in an office, you're still in a cubicle from nine to five. It's like not the most
1: artistically conducive. Yeah. It's like still a job. Yeah. Like totally. Pretty normal job. Just pretty normal.
2: Sometimes you're like feeling inspired and making cool stuff. Sometimes you're like, I have not seen the outside today. I haven't seen the sun once. Like,
0: how am I supposed to get? hyped on this graphic. <laughs> <laughs> I need the D. <laughs> Trying to Wait, I've had this question since you mentioned uh, album covers. I just have to take, take it back. What was the first album cover or is the first album cover that comes to your mind from that time period that was, that made you want to draw? Um, it would be Saves the Day. Okay. In Reverie.
2: It was their weird album where they tried to sound like the Beatles. <laughs> But their album cover was like an illustrator from, uh, I don't know where. In, he's from Europe somewhere. I want to say maybe Spain. Um, just like really out there, trippy graphic of like a dude, I think, draped over a tree with his chest split open and like butterflies coming out of it. Sick. So and it sick. was just this like rad, like looked like it could be on a skateboard yeah. album cover. And I was just like, that's,
1: that's what I want. That's, that's what like, I want to do. Yeah, I had to know that. Cause Such it's a like, weird album. Yeah, very weird album.
2: Yeah, <laughs> the the artwork today, was killer. Through
1: Being Cool is like one of my favorite albums oh, yeah, ever. Definitely. Like Same so, here. So killer. But yeah, that art is pretty wicked. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Sorry to
0: sidebar
2: it. No, I was no, thinking about it since you mentioned One totally, to It's always the number one album that comes to mind when I think about that. And the whole booklet was filled with like cool il- illustrations. Sick.
1: Yeah. So you're in Orange County. In so a I'm cubicle. in Orange County
2: in a cubicle. <laughs> um,. Feeling like I'm on the track I want to go, but I'm like, how do I get to, like, maybe a better office environment or, like, move more into, like, art directing a whole, like, t-shirt line or, like, whatever it might be to get myself more to the next level of, like, art. And then the recession hits pretty hard. And people are, like, losing their jobs. The surf industry is struggling because no one's buying clothes. Um, You know, things are getting weird. A lot of people are quitting and traveling. A lot of people are just like, you know what? Like, I want to be a barista or I want to do something, like, different. So, I pretty much went that track. I pretty much was like, you know what? Like, I'm hating working the corporate world. I almost feel a little guilty that I have this job that other people, like, really need a job. And I'm, like, not even enjoying it. Mm. So, I, like, I was just like, this just isn't, like, working. Um, and no one's hiring so it's hard to move companies it's hard to like find some place that's gonna pay you a lot to do right. illustration work so I was like I'm gonna travel I went to Australia for a couple months and like scoped out their design scene a little bit and when I came back I came to Santa Cruz and was like I want to do barista stuff like I want to do art on the side I want to like I don't want to be in a cubicle. I want to like meet people. I want to be like doing customer service. I want to like chat with people all day and like be outside. And then I want to do like artwork at night. Did you have Um, a connection
1: to like cafe culture or barista culture prior to that?
2: No, not at all. I knew like, like I kind of had like the high school dream. Like, oh, I want to be like a barista or work in a record shop sort of like (laughs) vision. Like those are like the two like coveted jobs when you're in high school. So sick. And then, like, I think, well, the first like good coffee I ever had was Blue Bottle. Yeah, and that's when I worked in the tech industry and some. And I we I was drinking like our shitty coffee every day, you know. That's like you have to douse with cream and sugar to like make it taste good oh, at yeah. the office. And then someone's like, "Dude, I gotta like take you to Blue Bottle. It's right around the corner. It's gonna blow your mind that you don't need cream or sugar." And that was, like, my introduction to coffee. And I was like, dang, this is so good. Like, this is so much better than whatever the stuff is that I'm making at home. I think it was, like, coffee bean tea leaf.
0: Oh, dude. So, like... And then you were still one-up in a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you were on the way.
2: (laughs) I was on my way. Blue Bottle definitely changed my perspective. And then when I was in Orange County, I heard of Verve. And that was kind of, like... I came up here to visit uh, Bud, and then he took me there, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I think I brought, like, two or three bags back down to to Orange County and was, like, giving them to, like, my boss and, like, my coworkers or, like, trying them at the office, and everyone was like, oh, my God, this tastes so good. Um, So that was, like, my only cafe culture thing. That was, like, especially with, like, at least with Third Wave, I wasn't super familiar with, like, I didn't know Ritual yet. I didn't know Four Barrel yet. I don't even know if those... Places that opened at that time they had yeah
1: ritual predates verb by quite a bit yeah rituals 2005 yeah 2007. 2007, so a couple years there four barrels somewhere in the same mix because when i met you you were working at the abbey
2: yeah so that was like my my big introduction you know i kind of went into it like one foot in so i was like i was like i'm gonna go up to santa cruz and i'm gonna be a barista for like the summer like I wasn't like I'm gonna do it full time forever, but I was like I need a break, and I think I'll be a barista. And I, I I think I reached. I reached out to someone who worked at Verve and was like, "Yeah, I just want to work for there for the summer." And they were like, "Yeah, Verve doesn't do that. They don't do like summer jobs, and then you're gone. Like this is like serious stuff. Like I'm you're like gonna- trying to
0: remember that because I remember when you came on. I feel like it was breezy. Maybe I might be so wrong about that.
2: Not or not, was it I didn't Sarah? know breezy yet. So like it was uh. You know what? It actually might have been someone who didn't work there. I think it might have been Brian Jensen. Oh, yeah. So he was like my butt up here, and I like He's asked him dude. about working there. And he was like, like, Verve doesn't do, like, I'm just in it for a couple of months, and then I'm out. Like, they, like, take it really seriously. You have to put in your time to get on bar. Um, but Brian had connections at the Abbey. So he was like, they serve Verve. You can get trained by Verve. You can, like, learn about it all and then, like, see if you want to, like, get into that. See
1: if it's your jam. Yeah. And then
2: I was like, yeah, I'll just be there for the summer. And then like a year and a half later, I was still at the Abbey. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm into this. Like,
1: I guess I'm a a coffee person. Yeah. I guess I should go to Verve. Like, I guess I should take this a little more seriously. And then I met you. I remember I didn't even know that you were an artist because I just Mm. thought you were like a barista. at Yeah, totally. And a musician. And a musician. Actually, that's what I knew. Yeah, I was playing a lot of music at that time. Totally. Yeah that's what you were. And I was like, Oh, this guy draw." I like, I remember when I saw some of your art, I was like, Oh wow, it's really good. Cause people had said like, Oh yeah, Kevin does some art. And you just think like the guy at the coffee shop that like doodles on napkins or, Wait, some right, shit totally. like that or something. Didn't
0: you do some album cover art for a few of the people who played over at the Abbey or am I tripping on that idea?
2: I don't know if it was out yet. I did. Um, did you do
0: Stowers stuff, Jonathan Stowers. No, oh, okay. I did
2: a uh, taxi project. Yeah. And Native Sibling, but Native Sibling was a little later. Taxi Project was probably the only one at the time. Okay, cool. Um, I
0: just remember, yeah, totally. And you were playing music out of there.
2: Yeah, totally. That was like kind of my focus was like, I'm going to like work on music. I'm going to work on like the coffee thing. I'm going to do art on the side. Like I'm not going to like worry too much about career as much as like being inspired.
0: Where did we see we yeah, watched you, you, you
2: play a, C- a show you had a
1: cd yeah you that
2: was like immediately a at the abbey i was like i'm just here for the summer and then a was like wait i'm playing shows okay i'm recording an album i'm like doing i at night like i'm doing doing a bunch of little projects
0: did you play the crate place yeah, a bunch we of We watched times. you at the game. That yeah, like yeah that's what it was. I'm just, it's been like, t- that's like 10 years ago now, right. basically. So yeah. I'm like having these weird flashback memories. I'm like, are those accurate? <laughs> those are accurate. That's so yes. crazy. Did this happen? Yeah.
1: What was it like um, when you decided, because you're in this whole vortex of stuff, like that's a lot of things. Yeah, that's a lot. Like, right. Basically having, you know, four or five hobbies yeah. at the same time and then deciding like, okay, I'm going to pursue this one thing a little bit more seriously. On the art end of the spectrum. On the art end? Yeah. I mean,
2: Verve gave me a lot of opportunity. How it did was, you
1: even end up like talking to them, like through the Abbey that, like, you know, yeah, like, so, hey, I want to be a full time artist. Like, so, what's happening? well, I applied
2: when Verve started opening multiple locations. Well, actually, now that I think about it, I applied actually at 41st and that was the only shop there was, and my resume got lost. Sick and i just thought they weren't <laughs> interested and then like later on sarah peterson was like wait you applied like i would have hired you <laughs> yeah. lost so, in the shuffle <laughs> somebody's <laughs> off <laughs> <laughs> where do i put this
0: <laughs>
2: but it was probably good timing cuz i reapplied when you opened the like the two more stores like right. the the roastery in downtown and then when i applied then i couldn't make the group interview like they did like the big like the big, like, in the roastery, like, a hundred people interviewing at once thing in, like, yep. different groups. Oh, man, I remember that. I we forget why. I couldn't make it. And I think I texted you, Chris. And I was like, I can't make it. Like, what do I do? I really want this job, but I'm going to be, like, out of town. And so I th- Paul Halverson was sleeping on your couch, and you yep. guys were just like, yeah, you can just come in for, like, a private interview. It's cool. Um, and that interview was completely different than I expected, too, because I showed up, and Colby was like... Hey, man, I like your work. <laughs> and I was like, like, coffee work? Like, <laughs> like, like my espresso shots? Or like what like are my you cappuccinos? Talk- like, which like one? Yeah, good. I was kind of confused. And then I got upstairs and I think it was like Ryan O'Donovan and John Peterson and Paul. And I was like, dang, is a lot of people for a coffee on job. Right like, right? Like just for a barista position. And they're like, so you're a designer. I was like totally <laughs> yeah I didn't <laughs> <passed> bring <around. laughs> didn't bring a portfolio or anything and they're like well your whole resume is design and one coffee job so like are you interested in doing design and I was I was kind of like off put I was kind of like I don't know I don't want to be in an office I kind of hate that world um, and they're kind of like we just need like 10 hours a week of help can you help us. So it kind of started
1: like that. Like it kind of was like I'm just gonna help them out with little things here and there. I remember you going like up and downstairs, and you would work like a half shift at yeah. the kiosk yep. at yeah. Seabright, and then like come up for a couple hours, and then go back down. It was like yeah, it was all over awkward the place. and strange. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> well, I was like closing
2: yep. Seabright, like every night for like like every night of the week, I think, and then. Yeah, I think I was closing it and then I'd come upstairs for like two or three hours every morning before that shift. Yeah. And it was just this like back and forth. But then like the work started piling up and like initially they had thought like, yeah, we just need like 10 hours. and it became like, well, honestly, I ran out of money. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) like doing like doing like a minimum wage job. I was like, okay, I'm starting to like my savings is dropping. I'm starting to get like a little tight on cash. It's pretty clear that you guys need someone like full time in the office. And it just kind of like transitioned into that. Like they're like, okay, like we weren't planning on a full time designer, but it's clear we need it. And I was like, I wasn't planning on going back into design, but I can't live on like eight bucks an hour or whatever. More yeah. money. <laughs> so like it kind of just like worked out. And then that was like, you know, it was like a much more free environment than like working in like the corporate world. Right. right? It was like, you know. I don't know, just like an open, yeah, that open floor office. plan. Like yeah. it was pretty much a startup, really. If you like think about <laughs> it, really it, it was, was like ten of us up there, maybe. Yeah,
1: I it guess. really was. Because prior to that, it was just the one store. Yeah, and you, it was like the perfect time. You're right. If they probably would have saw your resume earlier and hired mm-hmm. you at 41st, you probably would have come and gone before you even got to do any design right. for them.
0: Yeah, totally. Which is weird. To and think it about. got pretty. It got hot. It was sick. I well, because I was doing retail stuff, and then yeah. I just got to watch the numbers go up and tick up every single time you drop something new, and that was really kind of badass. It was so that sick. Because
1: there was that like, was a great time. There that was because <laughs> we had like two shirts at the time that were know. like takes off the original logo, which was designed by those people, Chen. Mm-hmm. You remember those guys? Yeah, yeah. They Chen Design. Who, like, they got our the original bags out for Verve. They're like fucking horrible claiming it, dude. I just, just from the story, I never actually dealt with them individually, but just it was like so many stories. I yeah. mean, nobody works them anymore. It's fine. I'm coming for you, Chen. <laughs> um, but... It was like so much. You had a lot of freedom. It was like, yeah, and big time. Like, Actually, there was, there was
2: one good shirt before that, too. I mean, it was also what piqued my interest in Verve, was by Jeremiah. He had that sailor shirt. Oh, yeah. That's it was right. Like, it was really cool. And it was just like a piece of art. And I was like, oh, this, like, Verve gets it. Like, they're not just putting out shirts with, like, logos or, like, really bland stuff. Like, they're just, they just, like, let a dude do some artwork. And I think it said Verve really small in the corner, like, was barely. It was, was
0: that the, the, the captain was yeah, like the verb like in the smoke, like really wispy. It was like yeah, movie. that was Damn, a I good see. one, dude. That one was cool. It like, yeah, yeah,
2: it was killer. And I was like, I want to do a shirt for these guys. Like, even just like one. Like, I was not envisioning that. I'd, I don't even know how many I did while I was there. But it was like pretty much more, at least more. a line of clothing. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I mean, yeah, Verve like a lot of credit due to them for, like, getting me back on track and, like, giving me the opportunity to, like, even see if I could do it, you know? Yeah. Like, when you're all, like, stoked on, you know, you're all stoked on album art and skateboard designs and stuff, but you don't have the portfolio to show it. Right. Verve was kind of the opportunity to be like, all right, like, do you have the chops to do this? Right. Like, can you actually throw down a bunch of cool work or do you just have good taste?
1: Right. Mm, Definitely. It was cool to see, too, another thing note on the timing is that like during that time there were some of those big events that we had brought into town like the um, regional barista competition at the RIT yeah so there's like a suite of designs that Mm -hmm. you got to create for that event that was fun I worked with you a lot on that that was super cool like skate deck tank top like, weird sunglasses. Sun like oh, yeah. yeah trucker hats, yeah. Those kind of like, trucker hats were sick. Because yeah. it's. I feel like it's rare that you get to do, at least for a company that size, like right. a whole fleet of, yeah. like, things. So yeah. I was like, I
2: don't even know if we were sponsored by someone. Like, I forget if, I like,
1: I don't think we were. No. We, we just, had, like... No. We just knew that we were hopefully going to move it at the event, and then mm-hmm. with things like the skate deck, I think... We got a good NHS. deal from NHS. We got right. hooked up. So everybody, like the um, 104 Bronson is in the same, like, compound as Santa Cruz Skateboards. Right. And, yeah, everybody's involved with everybody. So yes. was, I like, mean, cool. that
2: alone was, like, a dream of mine to even do a skate deck. And I was like, how am I ever going to get one of those printed? I'm probably not going to work in-house for like, for, like, Element or, like, any of those companies. So I was like, okay, what do I – like – it's probably just like a pipe dream, and maybe if I'm a freelancer, someday I'll get to do it. And then it was like,
1: Verve was like, yeah, so you want to do a skate deck?
2: Yeah. Well, I ended did up three. Doing, I did three while
1: I was there, yeah. And it's, it's even cooler, because if you know how skate decks are made, it's like traditionally they used to be all like screen printed like hand mm-hmm. screen but now most companies do like a heat transfer right so you de- design the graphic and then it comes for heat transfer and you print like you know thousands of heat transfers but the yep. ones you did were all hand screen because they yeah. still do a little bit of that at but, bronson right but those the small smaller ones yeah set up by hand and like yeah it was by very hand. cool getting to like
2: yeah go proof them work with those guys to make sure everything worked out yeah. It, it turned was out so sick. It was sick. And then the barista competition, it was like, that was like a early opportunity to like art direct too. And it was mm. like, kind of like me and you, Chris, and then John Peterson, mm-hmm. like working on the themes of everything. And we kind of picked like Save by the bell, California, right, like nineties like summertime, 90s summertime. Yeah. like everyone's coming from like Seattle and Portland to come to this thing. Like, Let's, like, push the Cali vibes. Let's sack
1: more some, dude.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I was, like, looking at tons of, like... I totally just watched the intro to Save by the Bell a bunch, and then like made work based on that weird intro with like the yeah, triangles and squiggles like flying everywhere, with, and
1: like yeah, like the poster with all the little icons. Yeah, that the poster all...
2: has like swirls and triangles, and then it has like Zach Morris's phone and like <laughs> it does have the phone, and, like, sunglasses <laughs> so and electric guitars, and like all the
0: stuff that would be can somebody see 90s? that? Is that anywhere? Do you have that on like that's your, on my it's website? It's on your, good. Yeah, go look at, there. what is your website. Uh, kevintudball.com there you go yeah go there go there because that there. that was really sick that was a good year so yeah, you? that I was won. a great year <laughs> <laughs> winner over <laughs> so here big time <laughs> broke mm-hmm. my broke my yeah my trophy ba- immediately <laughs> I literally did break my trophy immediately hugging somebody it's pretty classic yeah you uh, gotta break stuff so good how long you were there for was it several years ever
2: uh, yeah two years two years Eight months of those, I was doing up and downstairs stairs, um, doing both barista and design. And then, like, I
1: guess, like a year and four months of strict design. Was there a, like a mindset shift in your head at some point to where you're like, oh, like, I'm a professional designer now? Like, this is what I do. Or were you just kind um. of like, all right, this is a fun project. And then there's another fun project. And. No, I I feel like
2: I was definitely feeling myself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, like I was definitely like, every time I
0: put something out, it sounds like crazy. This is great. Yeah. You know, okay. Truthfully, though, like, you were justified in that because, like, I can speak to this. (laughs) I was, I got to see all those metrics, and there was like Kevin Tudball enters and like 30 to 40% increase. Wow. All the times you were there. Wu Tang. And and then Sans Kevin, pretty legit backtrack and then back up again. But still it was like, there was a difference between you. So you you were like justified in feeling yourself. You were selling. selling.
2: Yeah. I guess I knew that too. There's part of me that was definitely like, is this my work? Is it just like that people love Verve and they don't really care as long Mm. as there's merchandise or is it like a bit, a bit of a bit of both? And obviously, you know, I think it's both like cool culture. Yeah. People are excited. Coffee was like fresh and new. Santa Cruz in general is, like, a great community, like, to be an artist in. Like, people just support each other and, like, support local business really hard. So, like, there's definitely, like, Verve was elevating me. And then, like, I definitely felt like I had hit a stride where I was excited about everything I was coming up with. Right. Like, I didn't really have a lack of ideas because I had never been able to, like, put out so much stuff. So, I was, like, Mm -hmm. every time... Colby was like, we need something new. I was like,
1: all right, I got like a bunch of ideas. Yeah. Um, yeah I remember the back wall in the office was like plastered. You had like a little yeah. magnet board, with mm-hmm. just stuff just covered all in sketches. over it. Yeah. And, that was tight. Yeah. It's pretty fun to look at stuff like that. Totally. <sighs> I mean, dude, I don't know we could go a lot of places from there. It's also, like, a testament to the merch game inside of a cafe. Right. Which, like, merch is, like, a pretty big chunk of sales that's Mm -hmm. left untapped if you don't have awesome stuff. Right. So. And it's tricky.
2: I mean, it was, like, how much do we want to be a retail, like, clothing store it was like you know you had to walk Mm -hmm. this line or eventually it started to get weird with like clothing racks and like you jared had to figure out like how do we sell this stuff in a coffee shop and not make it seem weird like we have a clothing department
0: yeah um
2: but at the same
1: time like you need that swag to give out it's like like, finding the sweet spot and i think we had talked about this a little bit but some of the things that We had learned along that path was that, like, good design is cool and is definitely necessary, but people really wanted to see, like, the brand featured, too. Right. Yeah. Um, Like, prominent branding was always, like, a, a really... I don't know. It seemed to be a plus. So in my mind before, if you would ask me, I'm like, yeah, just make a cool shirt, like whatever it is. Right. right, And people will buy it.
0: But a Mm -hmm. lot of times if it said like
1: Verve like really huge or like people could easily identify what it was. That was like a win. Yeah. There was a percentage
0: increase on that. Interesting. Yeah. Not always, uh, but yeah. But I don't know. Yeah.
1: Design is pretty crazy. Bottom line, if you have a cafe, you should get some shirts and some stuff. Definitely.
2: And, you know, as far as branding went, too, like, Colby really... He pushed me a lot on that stuff and, like, taught me a lot about that stuff. Because, like, you know, generally surf and skate world, you're kind of like, I don't want to overly brand. But at the same time, you, like, need to get your name out there. So you're, like, looking at other, like, non, like... uh, I guess you're, like, looking at, like, mainstream brands, too, and going, like, okay, like, Apple, Coca-Cola, like, all these big brands use branding heavily, and it's very successful to get their name out there. On the other side, all the indie underground brands use it a lot less, and you're, like, how do you walk that line? Like, you kind of want to live in both worlds. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, like, working with Colby is cool because he also appreciates both of those worlds. He's, like big art guy. But at the same time, he wants his business to thrive and people to know it. Right. So I felt like we came up with a lot of like cool variations on the logo. We came out with like lots of little icons and ways of people being able to identify the brand without it necessarily saying Verve massive, like the little flame within the circle. Yeah. And we did, like, the, the V that was, like, split in half with, like, the flame in the bottom corner. Yep. Yeah. I, totally. Split V's um, good. That was, flame was good. Yeah, like, that's still around a lot. And I felt like those things were, you know, they luckily had a very iconic logo, as it was. And then the V itself, like, worked pretty well.
0: Yeah, they definitely came out with an iconic logo. It like, yeah. looked like... Yeah, it was cool. Chin. positive vibes there chin nice job i think that was i think that was uh sean white i probably
1: was it was good i just wanted to talk a little bit of shit because it's fun to talk (laughs) shit.
0: positive chin
1: i'm too happy most of the time i decided Mm -hmm. that today i'm just gonna be angry at everybody so this is like you're welcome (laughs) listeners thanks for that dick move america Yeah, no sean that was actually unfair to say that like chin and everything was horrible because sean who now makes the flat white ceramics did some stuff and it was epic. I actually remember one of the first things that I noticed when I went to visit you was you guys sent a bunch of coffee over to James Hoffman. This is yep. when I still worked at Ritual, and Sean had burned a screen and literally screen printed the entire box. All the boxes, like 360 totally. degree, like floor to lee. Like it was pretty epic. Yeah, we were. Yeah. yeah, Sean's stuff
2: was super inspiring. I actually, I definitely remember. I mean, there's a, it's a good thing to have, like, maybe some intimidation or some competitiveness, like, going into a job, you know? Yeah. Because, like, coming on, I was like, dang, Sean's this killer artist. He had, like, great, like, these, like, paintings that were part graffiti, part painting. And then you had Jeremiah, who was, like, a full-time artist right. doing paintings for the cafes and shirts. And so there's like, a little bit of that, like friendly competition or like wanting to like make sure my stuff was to that quality yeah and like always looking at Sean's stuff and being like man how did he make that's so cool like these patterns he's doing like what like i want to do stuff like that and getting inspired by him right and yeah we've had a good art culture it's true
1: what was the transition like because you were there for a couple years and then i still remember the day you left there was like this thing in there and then like you so you worked for Vir for a couple of years and more uh, recently you were on staff at four barrel yeah for, for actually longer for three three years, three years at yeah. four barrel how did that transition work out for you or like what was your motivation were you like explore the city like obviously San Francisco yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot scene. of
2: like there's a lot of motivations without getting into it too much for had a lot of uh, shift in in management and culture and and uh, goals Um that I didn't really feel like I aligned with. And I think, you know, also at the time, just like in my personal life, I was feeling more of a pull to be in a city. Like I was, you know, I was constantly craving either moving to LA or San Francisco or Portland and was just wanting to be a part of a bigger art scene. Like, Mm. kind of like, oh, if I can do well in Santa Cruz, like I wonder how well I can do in one of these cities. Right. Um, And just being curious, you know, you're like, okay, we have Verve here, but you have... Blue Bottle, Glass, Ritual, Four Barrel, like all these companies up in the city doing cool stuff. And then on top of that, other industries. Mm. Um, So there was some of that, you know, like at that time, I looked around L.A. I don't think I saw many opportunities down there for me unless I wanted to switch back to fashion or like surf and skate stuff. And then I kind of figured I had a good like leg up being in the coffee industry. Like I had kind of found that niche I was like, I can either ride that out or I can leave, but that's going to like lower like my marketability. Like people aren't, people know me for coffee. Now I have a little mini coffee following. It's going to be better if I stay in the industry. But the big, the big thing there is like, I'm going to have to reinvent a look for a different brand and not make it look just like verve. Right. And that was a challenge too. That was like, huh, I think I'm up for this challenge. Like so let's see if I can do it again with someone else.
1: And Four Barrel couldn't be any more different.
0: Yeah, they're pretty yeah, different.
2: Totally different. And especially at that time, like before I came in, like a lot of their stuff was very simple, very clean. They're doing a lot of like, you know, did they had they had the chalkboards in their cafes that they were writing on by hand jeremy had designed their bag with like a logo he had just made off uh probably like defunt.com or something right.
1: it's like a craft bag that's stamped yeah like,
2: like they're still doing the old school look which is awesome and probably why like a lot of people are really digging them still they're like man they've like stayed true like they're not they're not going anywhere like weird they're not getting all corporate and like putting out shiny foil bags and stuff mm-hmm. like that you know um so, like, at that time, I, like, looked around the industry and I was, like, you know, I need to, I don't want to go backwards to, like, a company that's so small that they're just figuring out branding. But, like, Four Barrel is, like, one of the top, like, top dogs in the industry. And, like, Stumptown at the time was probably the top. Mm-hmm. Like, they were probably. For ob- sure. Like, you know, they're still arguably the top, but, like. Uh, At that time, they were definitely, like, killing it. So I actually just applied at Stumptown and Four Barrel and interviewed at both. Um, Stumptown was, like, open to the idea, but they are like, you know, like, maybe more down the road, maybe, like, six or nine months we can, like, talk and, like, see if we can get you up to Portland. And, like, it's a definite possibility. Mm. Um, And Four Barrel, they were just like, we... Like we have similar values we have similar goals for coffee we see coffee the same way we see branding and marketing kind of the same way so like let's get you up here so they offered me a job on the spot and i just went for it and went up to the city
0: that's pretty cool to get it on the
2: spot yeah i mean their interview process was it was so much more laid back like i basically just had coffee with Jody and Jeremy for like two hours and we just like hung out and talked and talked about life and talked about like the Santa Cruz and the city. And we also talked about like the coffee industry. And it was just like a lot of how they hire people is like, you know, do you vibe with us, with our culture? Mm Mm-hmm. Like one of Jeremy's things, like, could I sit down and have dinner with you? Right. Or would it be super awkward? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. You know, like he wants people around that, like, he can be buds with and, like, build something with. And it works really well to keep their culture strong. That's That's
1: awesome. That's, like, um. a good way to think about culture. Yeah, that's a good way. What in, like, so there's obviously, like, a transition in style. Like, the work that you did for them was a lot different. I mean, the thing that always comes to mind is, like, when I tell people, I'm like, oh, yeah, he did, like, the fuck you mug or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Chris. Fuck it. Oh, fuck it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> There's no hate involved. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> America. <Fuck it>. America. <laughs> The fuck it <laughs> mug, which is like a middle finger uh-huh. with fuck it. And
2: like, oh, no, no. The, the middle that? finger one is separate. Oh, what was that one? The, the fuck it one was just says fuck it, and then it's like surrounded <laughs> by flowers and like really pretty things.
1: What's the middle finger one? The middle
2: <laughs> finger one's just the middle finger. It's a four barrel. You it did was that just, one
1: too, right? Yeah, it was oh, just the follow I, up. I, who to I am. The, uh, I merged them together. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was just the follow up because, you know, we had had so much success with the fuck it. So we had a... <laughs> We, then we came out with "Suck It" at Valentine's Day, and then we came out with the middle. Oh,
0: jeez, that's awesome at Valentine's. Day. that? was all. Jer-
2: all Jeremy took her. He gets all credit for all these ideas. So how does that work
1: with you? Do, do you like? Are you like okay, cool? Like I'm just my whole style is I just get in a different mindset. Or it took
2: a little time, you know. Like my first uh, couple weeks there, they just had me draw. Like they're like. Just like get to know our cafe, get to know our culture, get to know our people and just hang out and draw like all day, every day and just try to like, and just show us everything. Like I came up with like, you know, probably like a hundred little drawings, like different ways of writing their name, um, different cartoons, different like comical things, and, you know, and then they just, like, sit down and go through it and point to the ones that work, point to the ones that didn't. But I do feel like it took me, like, a solid year before we really fell into a stride and were kind of getting it. Mm-hmm. Like, they always knew, like, hand-drawn artwork, that whole thing. But there was, you know, plenty of times where I would draw something and we'd be like, nope, that looks like Verve. Okay, next thing. Um, you know, and there's a lot of themes... Like it's good to at least for me to think in terms of themes. So like Verve, like we had a lot of goals of uh, you know, it's the California dream. It's outdoors. it's like being active. It's like you know, the meaning of Verve, like the energy and life behind like behind artwork and creation and stuff like that. So like you know, anything happening in the Santa Cruz area is just like, okay, mountain biking, surfing rock climbing, artwork, music, like all that stuff was Verve. And then, you know, you go to Four Barrel and they were artwork and music too, but they're like more in the mission and their history is like, you know, the mission was really gritty and rough when Jeremy opened that cafe. It was like, I think, I forget it was, uh, that cafe is like, I think it used to be an old warehouse maybe jeremy jeremy has some stories um just like about like i think hell's angels were based yeah. out of there or something yeah. like they found all this weird stuff like motorcycle gang stuff and uh that
1: place was gnarly yeah when like when they first started building it out because i went down and peeked in because i was a ritual mm-hmm. and like it's funny most people don't know that jeremy owned like ritual, ritual for, yeah like a good two and a half almost three years or something like that. Mm -hmm. So he was my boss when I started working there. And then when he left and started that, I, I think like Dave was like sleeping there uh-huh. and I went to check the yeah, place Dave out. Yeah, Dave
2: slept in the basement and <laughs> yeah. so did Justin. And I was like, dang, this place is rough. Yeah, man. But it's
1: it's fantastic. I mean,
2: you, so you, you think about like, well, first off, I kind of, I always kind of think about Jeremy as like the godfather of the San Francisco coffee scene.
0: Yeah, totally. Because fair. like, <laughs> Makes sense. you know,
2: yeah, Blue Bottle was like first and like it had its thing. But then Jeremy started Ritual. Then he's like, no, that's not quite right. Then he started at Four Barrel. Then Four Barrel actually spawned Sightglass.
0: Right. Because right, Justin like, and
1: Jared... Or Jared worked... Or no, Jared worked at Blue Bottle. One of them was at
0: Four Barrel. And one of them was at Blue Bottle. Yeah. I think just... Yeah, either way. One of them. Or actually... They both worked at 4 Barrel for a, a minute. They were bottle then for yeah, yeah. I thought they were both there for yeah. a minute. They were both there for a minute.
2: And then like Ritual spawned like St. Frank. Right. And I'm just kind of like, man, if it weren't for Jeremy, like who knows how this would have gone. Because that like, had just like, spawned so tree. many things. Yeah. So I'm like, he's the godfather. Like a little DNA. <laughs> <laughs> a little DNA.
0: A little Ancestry.com. Right.
1: Yeah. And um, it's funny because about the mission being really gritty and the vibe, it's like, Even when we were there, there was a lot of like that, you know, new urban gentrification going on. But I remember getting off work and going down the street and we saw someone who was like just gotten stabbed at the gas station on like, you know, 24th and Valencia. even when I was there, like, like, you're all cool.
0: I'll be leaving (laughs) now. Yeah. There was (laughs) a day where
2: like, you know, the mission still has its days. It's like gentrifying, but there's like a weird clash of cultures right now. And like, there's a lot of tension. And like literally two blocks down the street from me, had I been looking up, I would have seen someone get shot. Ugh! Like so I was like scary. walking into the office holding coffees, and then I heard the pop, and then I like didn't realize quite what it was. I like set my coffees down, and then someone's like, "Dude, someone just got shot! locked the doors! Like we're on lockdown." So the mission's still, you know, it's so you <laughs> compare that world <laughs> to like intense, Santa dude. Cruz, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, like. <laughs> Chill, like 41st Avenue, beautiful, pristine, like, like right near the cliffs and like the ocean and like, you know, it's pretty clean and mellow over here. And then, you know, like that's not the culture of Four Barrel, but their, their uh, environment, you know, they're in a much different place. It's
0: pretty gritty down there, dude.
2: And you even look at how Jeremy designed that cafe because him and Dave pretty much did the whole thing just together, like the two of them. Like, Dave hand-welded everything. Right, Jeremy, like, after a ritual, knew he didn't want to do a lot of, like, heavy branding. Like, he wanted to go back to a looser cafe culture. Like, something a little more art-based and a little more, like... You know, like, a lot of his stuff in there. He has really interesting, like, lights. Some of them, I think, maybe are from, like... You know, like, old barns or factory lights or something. And then he has one light that's, like... Looks like a steampunk thing from what, uh, and it's like a vintage piece from like France or something. Like, yeah, Jeremy just like created this whole environment, and it does not feel anything like most like modern cafes now that are all like clean and yeah. stuff, like, if you will. Yeah, like stock Nordic, left. everything
1: was going like Nordic, <laughs> like Danish modern, right. like bright, like mm-hmm. whites, and then like he came in with like the. Like even like the heavy rope lighting, yeah. it's like in the front window. It's just mm-hmm. like it's like big and it's like kind of intimidating. Yeah. It's like artistic, but it's like intense and you know like, it's Whoa. gritty
2: and dark. And <laughs> you know they put on like Sabbath in their cafe. Yeah. It's not yeah. like not like oldies or like you know like upbeat hip hop. It's like it's like no, they're playing like old metal. They're playing like still playing vinyl. The rope lights were done by an artist. So, I mean, that just like that alone to bring it back to design is like once I could recognize those things and it's just like, okay how do I translate that into like illustrative graphic design? Because like I specialize in illustration. Most of my graphics are done by hand. How do I translate, you know, what Verve is and then how do I go to Four Barrel and come up with something different for them? When like every you know every artist you can kind of like tell like their drawing hand and they're like right, how their stuff looks. So it's like basically, after like some time working with them and figuring out what they like and really pushing through things and looking at like their history, I feel like we ended up on a style that's more their own. Mm-hmm. Like I barely draw on that style anymore at least to the full extent. Like, I, like, learned some things from it, took some things as my own, and then left some things that are just for them. And that's, like, I used a lot more um, texture and, like, fine line work and a lot more, like, gritty, distressing sort of stuff with them. Where with the verb, it was a lot cleaner, like, fat, right. clean right. lines. really open. A lot more, like, flooded colors and bright colors. And, you know, Four Barrel was black and white only. Mm-hmm. right four barrel had a lot of themes of like skulls and goats and like we were looking at a lot of like metal stuff
1: was there instagram even black and white only for a while was that yeah, It still
2: pretty much is i know they have they have some rules about when they'll break that to like you know there's certain things that just don't look good in black and white right yeah especially like like when you're showcasing an artist in your cafe and they're like artworks all colors you, know, right. you throw it in black and white it just doesn't work but like But yeah, that's, you know, we kind of went for this black and white theme, like their website's all black and white, black and white photography. Um, Jeremy take Jeremy and tall are both pretty good photographers and they got like a really nice black and white camera. Um, so, you know, they just kind of embrace that theme. And I, you know, even though a lot of people have said to me like, Oh yeah, like I could tell it was the same guy. I also think there's a, pretty solid differentiation. I don't think anyone goes like, oh yeah, Verve and Four Barrel are pretty much the same brand. Oh no. Like, yeah. I never... Nobody says that. No. it's <laughs> Yeah, you'd have to be high as shit to
0: say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like blind.
2: How does the... <laughs>
0: so
1: now, you're a freelancer. Yeah, now you're so so, you yeah, Ted Ball. I kind of want to ask you two, two questions in one because they both kind of come from like the same idea, which is one is like, Talking about that transition about like, okay, like I want the freedom to do my own thing and Uh then to how those two jobs ahead of you like impacted how you do work for people now because now you do work for a lot of people. Yeah, So you have to kind of like instantly kind of absorb like what their brand is about and then be able to crank out work that's specific to their brand and do that for like six people at the same time.
2: And in that way, I mean, probably working for two different major coffee companies was probably very helpful for learning that because, like I said earlier, it probably took me a year of working with Four Barrel to really get where they were going. But now I can look back and figure out how I solved that problem. Right. And now I can do it a lot quicker. Hopefully. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like seven or eight months into freelancing. Um, so, but like I said, you know, I can kind of learn those themes, kind of learn, like, you know, I have a handful of different drawing styles and I can kind of look at those things. It is it is tricky, though. Um, you know, I, I'm i trying to think how many. Since I've been back in Santa Cruz and left Four Barrel, I've probably worked with, like, four other coffee companies. Um, You know, a couple very small, like, independent roasters who are... Um, you know, still trying to get their names known, and then like a couple, uh, slightly bigger,
1: like you guys, kind right. cloud. Um, and then I, I keep <clears> thinking about it was Dark Horse, I think, they did that stuff. Oh Laura. Yeah, Dark Horse was really cool. Yeah, I did yeah. Dark Horse. Um, they had like the Spicoli dude. Yeah, they had the Spicoli right? guy. So tight. <laughs> They had
2: the, uh, astronaut. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might have just been those two, but yeah, I worked with them and they were super cool and fun and you know, they have a really fun vibe. It was basically like, just like, just like run with it. Like I basically say, basically the best way I work is to just draw a bunch of stuff and then just show all of it to the person and see like what clicks with them. Cause you know, like I had one for dark course that I thought was hilarious and I thought it was going to be the best thing ever. And it was like, a nod to like the godfather it was like a horse head on a pillow and it was like bleeding everywhere <laughs> but it was like drawn so perfect perfectly I was like so pumped and I sent it to him and they're like no <laughs> it's like, it like way too real <laughs> it's like a little grim uh, but could you draw Spicoli <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're all death and destruction is cool <laughs> I
2: was like huh maybe that grim side was left over from it's four like, barrel see, okay <laughs> like I got acted a little hard over there, there yeah, right like I'm like four barrel probably would have dug that but like not dark horse so you you know, that was, Dark Horse, I think, was the first coffee company to contact me when I went freelance. Awesome. Um, So, you know, I'm kind of, like, getting my feet back on uh, juggling different brands, and I'm not just working in coffee, so, you know, across the board, I'm, I want to guess, like, in the last, like, eight months, maybe, like, 10 or 15 clients that I've worked with, so I'm getting a feel for different people every time.
0: That's rad. Yeah.
2: Yeah. as far as coffee goes, you know, like, so the coffee companies I've worked with so far, it's been uh, Dark Horse, Revolution. Um, they're in Oceanside. Okay. Um, they have one shop and a roaster separately. Um, and then Cat and Cloud.
0: Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then
2: currently I'm redoing packaging for Sisters Coffee in Sisters Oregon. Oh, tight. Oh, so, cool. Um, they're rad people. Yeah. That's like the first like packaging project I'll have worked on in coffee since four barrels. So that's like another, another challenge to make sure there's no like overlap and like really make sure I'm feeling out their brand. Um, It's arguably like the biggest job you could do for a company. Right. It's like deciding where the biggest piece of marketing, you know, (laughs) like we always talked about that at Verve, like the packaging is like the face of the brand right across the country and cafes that we may never see in person like it's anywhere the coffee is (laughs) yeah like yeah even cafes that aren't selling your coffee there's if they're serving it that packaging is in the background up on the shelves like it's
1: it is the face it's also the most like at least in our experience the most like regrammed thing like if you go to like you know cat and cloud pictures of cat and cloud like when i'm surfing through instagram most of the pictures that other people put up of us is like our bag somewhere them holding our bag bag in the mail Mm -hmm. like the whole
2: situation so yeah Yeah. it's heavy it makes total sense and you're buying it like 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 me i probably buy i buy a bag of coffee like at least probably like once a week maybe twice or maybe every two weeks Mm -hmm. um so you're constantly, you know, seeing it again, grabbing it again. Like if you buy a t-shirt or a mug, you might use it for a while and find a new favorite or whatever, but right, cycle it. That bag becomes like a part of like your kitchen. Like it's there all the time.
0: And it has so, to look nice in there. It's got to be yeah, sexy.
1: So got to keep it sexy. What made you want to switch to uh, to freelance? It seems so scary.
2: Yeah, it Just, was I mean, <laughs> very scary. Um, it's pretty much—I mean—what I've wanted since I started art school was to like work for myself. So there was always that underlying drive and desire of like, can I like, can I do that? Like, is that possible? Um, and especially living in California, like, and in the Bay Area in general, it's so expensive, and you're like, uh, like I don't know if I can do this. Like, I almost did it after Verve. And then I like, I was like, ah, I just, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have like the client base for this. I don't know if I have enough people interested, um, with four barrel, like with leaving them, it was kind of a lot of like serendipity, just like, it just kind of worked out, which is similar with how I ended up at four barrel too, is just kind of like following like the flow of things. Cause like four barrel, you know, I left them mostly because I was moving back to Santa Cruz. Mm hmm. And that was for a relationship. And I was moving back down here. And, you know, we tried out working remotely for a little bit. And it, like, it worked okay. It just, like, wasn't the same. It was kind of difficult going from, like, working 40-plus hours a week with someone to just, like, I don't know, doing everything over the phone and trying to get that many hours in. And then we we talked about maybe just switching to freelance. But, you know, they were wanting someone in-house. So it just, like, wasn't it wasn't working so i was kind of like all right like i'm going to need to like either go freelance or start looking for another job down here cuz i want to be back in santa cruz um yeah. And then, I mean, there's just like a lot of good support here. Like I said, Santa Cruz is great for that. So like, mm-hmm. you know, I could talk to you guys a lot about starting your own ventures, like talk to Charles, talk to like, you have a group, like a, yeah, you do. a
1: mentor kind of, yeah, the right? mentor Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Those guys are awesome. Um, I talked to this organization called score. Um, and that is, I think in most cities they definitely have it in Santa Cruz and in San Francisco, But they're basically like mentors that work for you for free, helping you plan for your business. That Um, is super sick. Yeah, and that was like (laughs) my—I actually found them through my doctor. Like my doctor has her own practice, and I was like, I was like, "Ah, I want to start my own business. How how did that go for you? And like, uh, I was like, I've talked to lots of creatives, but like, what's it like from being a doctor? Like your standpoint. And she's like, you know, what? you got to like check out this group score. Like they like help me with all the stuff that I didn't know how to do. Like she's like, I know the doctor stuff. I don't know the business stuff. So like they helped me with like my bookkeeping and a business plan and like all that stuff you need. Um, But she was like, you should do it. Like everyone I talked to was like, you should do it. My parents are like, do it. Like I hit my girlfriend, do it. That's not normal. It's awesome. Yeah. So I had like tons of support. I mean, really like locally, there's the business Stripe. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Suna is one of the owners there. And she like, she gave me the biggest push. And she was like, you know, I felt like I was ready to do it. But I was out at like a first Friday, like uh, art opening at her, her store. And I had like a talk with her. And she just like gave me that kick that I like needed. Like, just do it it'll be fine. If it's not like in six months, you can get a coffee shop job again or like just
1: get another job whatever.
2: But like, dude, like now is the time. Like everything is telling you now's the time and you got to do it or you're going to regret it or the time will pass. Like Mm -hmm. while the iron's hot, you got to hit it. And so she really gave me that push and that support and like, I was like, all right, like I'm I'm doing this thing, like, you know, and she told me her story too about someone did a similar thing for her, gave her that push, and it was like really important that they did cuz she was hesitating and so was I. So, you know, she's the person I think of as like the one who gave me that final kick. I went for it and it's honestly been like way easier than I thought.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Um, what is the biggest challenge? Is it finding clientele or um
2: for me it's like juggling multiple clients. Okay. Like it's it's the who to say yes to, who to say no to, how to schedule them, how to break up my day. When I'm so used to spending like, you know, I did five years well, I mean, even with with O'Neill, like seven years doing marketing, branding, apparel, sort of stuff for one company at a time.
1: So you spend like your whole day doing stuff. Yeah, for you spend and
2: my forty whole day hours doing stuff a week. A barrel, like yeah. you know, like when you're working in a shop, you know, you spend a lot of like downtime just like goofing around or like talking to your coworkers and stuff. But like you know, you're putting majority of your life, like it's like most of your day into one company. So that's like the bigger challenge. Cause right now I don't have much trouble finding clients, which I think is rare. I that's think it's good. I think it's just that I waited so long. Like I waited 12, 13, 12 years into my career to like go to freelance. So I had already built that like clientele. Like I already had, I had already turned down a lot of jobs. I was getting, like, inquiries frequently that I just didn't have the time to do. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like, okay, like, I have the people here. right? That's why it was like, now's the time. I was like, I just don't know how to do this. Like, how do I bookkeep? How do I invoice? How do I, like, how much time do I spend on each project? Am I charging too much or too little?
1: All that stuff was, like, the learning curve. But... And it's you, like, aside from the score people that help you out, you don't have employees, you're... Yeah, I mean, uh,
2: even now, like, I'm kind of riding without score. Like, they helped me a lot get started, and we kind of left it like, all right, like, we'll check in once in a while. Yeah. right. Um, You know, but there's, like, a lot of, like, online resources, fresh books is, like, what I use for all invoicing, estimates, um, like, expense reports, all of that stuff. Um, but I had to learn like, or I had to, I had to get like an accountant. So I have, like, right. I have an CPA. accountant and then I have like a lawyer that I have available to like look over contracts and things like that. And he's just there if I need legal advice or if I need to like just have someone come in for me, but I've never had to do that. It's just like, I had to like set up my team and make sure everyone is there just in case and then you know just like learning curve and it's like if you know i had this i had like savings i had the things like everything i needed to do it and then i had like a supportive girlfriend who i live with and she's just like do it and we're like in this together and like you got this thing
1: so yeah she's a keeper she is a keeper (laughs) (laughs) shout out to morgan morgan what up (laughs) couldn't pick a better
2: lady. <laughs> no, I could not Dude, She is in... great and super supportive and, you know, and so is my family. Like, you know, luckily supportive, like family and friends and girlfriend and stuff is pretty huge too.
1: Cause like, it's super huge. Pretty much yeah. the most important thing ever. It's like, <laughs> I mean, I know like it's so like Jenny's been great to like be gone all day. And then just to like have someone know like why you're so excited about what you're doing and like how right. important it is to you and know they're like, yeah, totally. I got your back. And it, mm-hmm. it's just, like, cause it, it's probably a potential source for like a lot of tension for a totally. lot of people. Cause there's yeah. a huge time commitment that's like involved in starting right. something from the ground up and it can shake up. I mean, it's shaken up like not in a bad way, but it's definitely affected like my friendships in the short term. they're totally. like, I have, had so much less time for like people that I just like I want to go like hang out with people sometimes right. and it's like that's hard right now big time like I'm just like yeah text me and maybe I like won't look at my phone for like three days because right. like, things are going crazy and so I'm looking to get back into some of that in the next like year <laughs> but, <laughs> Pretty soon. You know totally. but like honestly like if you text me sorry if <laughs> yeah. you text me didn't mean to ignore you no, but you yeah there's a lot of stuff but that, that's Man, what would, do you have like one piece of advice for someone who's thinking about branching out on their own? Do it. Do it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Nike that. <laughs> do um, that thing. T- ball it, I mean. You know, ball pl- it. plan ahead as much as you can, like financially, client-wise, start to write your business plan early like i waited till the week before i was going freelance to write my business plan like yeah you did like the guys at score were like okay well you'll need a business plan before you decide to do this and i was like i've already given my notice
1: you're a lot so i need to
2: get that done like now um but you know like i think my case i feel like i was planning for like the past like five or 10 years without actually planning. It was like, I was like doing the work. I was building the client base. I was getting things in order. I just wasn't thinking about it as planning for that. Makes sense. Um, you know, like another thing I was gonna, I was gonna mention just about like having family support and all that stuff, you know, like my mom's always like, what's the worst case scenario if you do this? Like, you know, you're not gonna die. You're not gonna, Oh, you're probably not gonna die. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like, you know okay you run out of money like you can always get another job like maybe you can't find a design job right away but you can work at whole foods or starbucks or a cool cafe locally right. if there's openings and you can get back on your feet and then you just do it again like yeah. it's not you're and still you you got your yeah. skills right and that's what like so, like, uh, that Tim Ferriss book, Four mm-hmm. Hour Work Oh, yeah. I was, like, all about that book for a minute before I realized most of it was just about outsourcing your business. If you, <laughs> The second half of the book is all just, like, get other people to do it in other countries for cheap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all, that's not really what I'm <laughs> do, like,
0: actually. I was like, that doesn't really
2: work for an artist, but okay. But in the first half, there's a lot of, like, good tips and stuff like that. And one of them, you know, a lot of it's kind of like a workbook, and they... Uh, they ask you to like write down a lot of stuff. Um, so like he'll say like, what is um, like, what is the worst thing could happen? Like write it down. Then like on a scale of one to 10, how bad is that? Like, right. You know, really what's the worst case scenario. And for me, I was like, okay, well like, uh, I'm going to have to like move back home and like work a part time job until I have money again. Or I'm gonna have like to borrow some money from my family so I can like get back on my feet, or I'm gonna have to lean on my girlfriend and that's not gonna be very comfortable and that's gonna <laughs> I'm gonna feel like a douchebag. So like but then he's like on a scale of one to ten, how bad is that? And you're like, I don't know, like a five or a six. Yeah, it's like like it's really six. not that bad. Like and then he says, okay, and then like, you know, and then what's the best case scenario that could happen? Like what's your dream? What's if like everything goes well what's gonna happen because that's a 10 now look at that like worst case scenario is a six best case scenario is a 10 and like that risk isn't very much so you should just do it right Right.
1: the gap's not that big right
2: it's just scary to take that leap when you're used to like a steady paycheck you like buying things you like you know you oh, know, yeah. It's like you like buying things. Yeah. Like. My lifestyle changed a
1: lot for a period of like a couple of years. Like when we were starting to get this thing going, it's like I, right. I mean, disposable income definitely went way, mm-hmm. way down in the short term. And I'm like just as bad as you like, yeah, I like the good stuff. Right. So I just be looking at stuff and I'm like, I can't even think Only about, about the best it. drinks at the bar I'm just like, want the highest it, quality clothing like, <laughs> like dumb stuff even mm-hmm. like just from t-shirts and Jimmy's yeah, oh yeah like, Why totally. does it have to cost this much and yep. I'm like this is what's this is awesome like, <laughs> totally addicted to online shopping but now I have
2: no money to do it so I just Such like a nightmare I just look at the stuff on my phone like I
1: would start lists I like I have them still like in like my Evernote and like oh, yeah. Google Docs and stuff like this or, like you want yeah like or like and they're all categorized like here's like three different like types of cars i want and then like this is how i would like build them all with the parts and then there's like that with like shoes and like like i always have like really shitty hobbies where Uh it's like I like cars and that's like a rich person's game yeah, but then even the step hobby. down it's like I like doing video and like right. like another up, expensive hobby upgrading like your camera or buying a lens it's like yep. it's just like thousands of dollars of crap and I'm just like oh gosh I'm like in the I, I wish well. I was like some stony like van life guy who like right? just be like just needed the even trees. Even
2: that's expensive. <laughs> Morgan and I have looked at like van life vans and building those out and then you're like okay like twenty thousand dollar base and then you have to do all the renovations and get it all going and then right. you're probably in like 50 you got a or document something. with a hashtag van life man so you need that good camera you have to have a gotta, camera no matter what right you know, so it's uh you know all the all the cool trendy things are expensive even <sighs> if they don't look expensive life's so hard oh, life's hard worst case least, scenario at least your
1: camera's a business write off <laughs> Dude, I haven't even got a new camera since we started the thing. I need to oh, get really? a new camera. Yeah, new camera with the write-off. I have so many things I need to write mm-hmm. off. I was making jokes about write-offs the other day where like people will just be like say whatever and be like, oh, you can write it off. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm going to get a Ferrari. Just write it off. It's <laughs> write fine. Write it off. I got to get to work. I got to get, get to work. It's like, yeah, still need the cat. That's why you have Charles though, to keep you online. Dude, Charles, geez. If we didn't have Charles, we'd be in such a mess. Mm-hmm. Like the hottest hot mess ever. <laughs> we'd be like out of business for sure yeah he's a good one he's or not have here like one cafe. and jared's gone jared left jared us. left the building jared actually he was like because we had you scheduled at 11 and jared's like i have this i really want to go to crossfit before i go to this <laughs>
2: he left the crossfit i didn't know that he told me he had a class i thought it was like business 101
1: oh no it's a crossfit <laughs> class <laughs> throwing jared under the bus since he's gone
2: he's gonna do some burpees and snatches
1: yeah he's been training real hard he says there's a brotherhood over there Ooh, he really wants me to go i I said i can't go i can't do it i was like because i go to the gym but he's like i think you would like it more than the gym and i was like i have like my commitment to the gym and fitness but like any of the extra free time i just want to spend like skateboarding or shooting video yeah you're like i don't want a gym community so i want to get in and get out i can't yeah i can't like hang with the the people there mm-hmm. nothing against them but i just don't think it's like my posse no they're good people we got friends there yeah they're tight <laughs> i'm down but i'm just like yeah i'm gonna do some other stuff which is whatever it, it's gonna be fine I, oh we should probably do a birthday shout out to stacy oh uh, stacy cock <laughs> stacy cook cock cook cock it's your birthday happy birthday happy buddy. birthday um I have a training, so I won't be able to go to your house, but I'm going to text you later. I live four blocks away, so I'll be, I'll be
2: swinging by. Dang it. Dang That's it. That's right. Best friend ever.
1: Man, I'm so psyched to have you here. And I think... So if people want to get a hold of you... Oh, yeah. kevintudball.com. kevintudball.com.
0: Where, where do they email you? Kevin. Like Kevin. Kevin like Kevin.
2: A-E-V-I-N. Like Kevin McAllister. Tudball is spelled T-U-D. Ball. Ball. T-U-D-B-A-L-L. I'll put a
1: link to the website yeah, link, in the, link the little show up. description. Uh,
2: that's my Instagram handle, my website, and my emails. just info at kevintudball.com. Super easy. Super easy. And you too can have a cat barfing a rainbow into a cloud. You can have
1: whatever you want. You can have whatever you want. You can make it look make it look good. I'll make it look good. I'll make it look sexy for you. I, which won't, is like, I won't draw scary things for you unless you want me to. I want... Three versions of like a fuck it mug with a horse head <laughs> hanging from a thing. No, dude, I, I think it's red, and I think like the value that like good design can bring to a, a company, even if it's like a tiny company. And I know that some sometimes people think that like, oh, I just have like one shop. Like, can I like really afford to do this? I would say yeah. like, yes for the amount uh, that it can you can make get, a huge difference. Yeah, design going, and then like just it It really impacts the bottom line, like when we look yeah. at like months without like good merch and then months with good merch, it's like mm-hmm. well worth the initial investment to get, yeah something I mean like it ends awesome up being made.
2: marketing too, yeah. like in the long run, it's not just an item you're selling, you know that you make you know you make uh double what you spend on it. it's like long term investment for marketing, you start to see that stuff across the country, like yeah, so it's out there, it's out there, and you don't have to spend too much, you know like. You can hire someone to do a whole crazy branding project, a big firm, or you you know, you can even get like a student designer to help you out and do a simple logo, but having having something to brand your company with will go a long way. You heard it here first.
1: Yeah. Or you heard it last first. Anyway, this is Kevin Tudball from the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. Hey dude. Thanks for having Thanks me. Thanks for coming on. And you know, we'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye.